BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm super excited today to be joined by a very old friend, Meredith Marks. Not only is she also on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I'm pretty sure that I made you do. She's an international jewelry designer. Everybody from like Charlize Theron to like Rihanna wear her jewelry. It's amazing, by the way. Check it out. And she's just an all-round businesswoman and a friend and... You know, I can't wait to have you on and discuss everything, life really. And I'm fascinated by you because you are pretty amazing as a woman. I want to discuss, I was told actually, no discussing the TV show. I don't want to discuss the TV show. I want to discuss your marriage, Meredith. (laughs) I'm happy to talk about something other than housewives. I feel like that's all I talk about. And I'm excited to be back here today and to see you. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Excuse my appearance. Meredith, by the way, as all beautiful, thank God, because the clips will be just you and not me anyway. And I'm having, I've got face off. This is second day of a very strong face peel. I've got to take years off me somehow, Meredith. Okay. Well, even, even with the peel on, you still look gorgeous. So (laughs) I think you can show it, but that's up to you. (laughs) So, I mean, just back to everything. You've been married how long? 25 years. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary in August. And I remember when we were discussing when you were going to start Housewives and all this, I think I was still in in my show. And I said to you, God, if there are any cracks in a marriage, don't do it. Because <laughs> they will find it. I kind of forgot about that part of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? And I say to people, because people always ask me, what's it like doing a reality show? And I'm like, well, you know, the thing is, if you have any cracks in your marriage or there's anything you don't want to come out, they'll find it. They'll find it all. So, you know, you, your, your, your closet better be clean. Anyway, cut to, here we are. 
needless to say, the reality show is not the reason for what happened between yourself and your husband. I don't think, I think it's just, you know, longevity of a relationship, right? I mean, you've been 20, 25 years is no joke for any of us. And we evolve. Yes. And and that's the thing. 25 years is a really long time. Everyone grows, they change. And in a relationship, you have to be growing and changing together. And, you know, sometimes you're on divergent paths and that's what happened with us, you know, and funny enough, the show actually helped our marriage a lot because we had such a, like a complete breakdown in communication. And that's one thing you, you can't avoid on reality television is communication. You have to. That's very interesting, actually, because first of all, I also like to say Meredith is a mother of three children, which is also, I always say, puts a lot of pressure on a marriage. It just does, because, you know, bringing up children, as we know, kind of takes the fun, spontaneity and the the sexy out of a marriage because you're on a path, you're business partners. But I mean, I was interested because watching this, well, somewhat of the breakdown of your marriage, was it when you you just said now the show was was, uh, the catalyst actually for you talking? Was it when you watched it back, you realized there was a massive communication or whilst you're actually in it? No, it was while we were in it because we had gone through so much even prior to to that point. We had been, you know, in and out of counseling for years. We had been separated and reconciled multiple times, had different types of separations where we were, you know, living together and nobody knew because our children didn't know when they were still in the house. We were trying to keep this united front. And so by the time we started with, you know, reality television, we were separated and it was, you know, you went onto the show, so actually separated. Oh, wow. That's brave. Yeah. It was intense. And I sort of felt like, you know what I, everyone has their own reasons for, you know, doing television and whatever. And for me, it was because I wanted to grow my business and I wanted to have a platform to try to do something positive in this world. And you don't get those opportunities every Tuesday and Thursday. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take it. And whatever whatever path it leads me down, I will manage. I will navigate. And, you know, I was very fortunate because Seth and I are really like soulmates. We really, truly love each other. We grew up together. You know, we were really young, as you know, when we met. And like you said, things change over 25 years. And we had grown so far apart we couldn't run and hide from the communication in, in, in dealing with our issues anymore. We were really forced and somehow it, it triggered us to get back on track. I think COVID was a big help too, believe it or not. I was just saying, you know, your quote is saying COVID was what saved your marriage. And I think half the world, actually, it ruined their marriage because they were so used to being apart. And it looks like it had the opposite effect to you because you were stuck together. You actually had to face each other. I mean, I think at the end of my marriage, I, I ran away. I was never in the house. I did everything to avoid it. Well, you did the same. Yeah. The interesting thing. So if you go back to when it all started to go wrong, and I think long as we go, and Meredith, what's so amazing about your story is that you're so open about it because I think some of the lies or or that people don't discuss any of this with anybody. So you feel like you're sort of on the limb by yourself in the world. And actually it's so much more common because when you've got children, you don't get the luxury of just going, oh, well, I'm off now. It doesn't happen like that. And also, by the way, when you've been dating since 25 years, 
it's your home. You don't really know anything else. You may hate each other. You may not want to have sex with each other. You may want to go and see other people, but it doesn't mean you don't love that human next to you. You've just become a different person. So when you first started separating, I mean, uh, or, or knowing have, things were going wrong, and actually it's something, by the way, I discussed with my husband because I thought maybe if we had separate lives for a bit, you know, in 10, five, 10 years, maybe we'd rediscover each other, which is, I think at some point, I don't know when, but you, you can correct me. You guys had separate lives for a bit and you did your own things and you're, you're very open about that. And I love that, by the way, I think more people should be because people hide so many things. And if more women understood that it's okay to stay with a man if they've strayed or you've strayed, or it's okay to say, these are the rules. I, you know, we're going to live together. We're going to bring up our children and we're going to have an open marriage. That's okay. I know people like that. And I do want to do more about this topic for people because, you know, life isn't as black and white as we've been brought up to believe. And, you know, when you get to marriages, remember we used to die at 40 or 50. Now we're getting to 100. So when you get to a marriage that's 25 years old, you know, it's wrong to say that, you know, it's over if someone, you know, gets drunk and had a mistake. Or if you if you decide that for your family and your marriage, it's okay that you're going to have, you have a great home life, but you're just not into each other anymore. And maybe you don't want to live, as you said, you live separately in the same house, but you know you're separated, but your children don't know. Why, why do the children have to be brought into it? I think it's very brave to admit that, very brave to be able to do something like that. And I'm fascinated. Were you honest with each other from the beginning? If you, if you, when you decided to see each other people, did you say, these are the rules, this is what's going to happen, no one back in the house? I don't know. How did you go about it? Yeah, I mean, we had we had conversations, but you know, like I said, our communication was broken, so it's not like we were getting into a lot of detail. And we had to kind of navigate what worked for us, exactly like what you're saying. You know, you we have conversations. They probably would have been more beneficial being more open than we were to one another, just because we were very closed off. There were a lot of barriers up between us already. I think you're scared as well. You don't want to hurt the other person, even though... Absolutely. I guess my advice to anybody would be, on all levels of any relationship, the whole thing is communicating, talking, not being afraid to express how you feel. Sometimes we don't want to say something because we're so afraid of hurting the other person, but it hurts more not to hear it and to feel it. And the more that you can communicate with each other, the more you can say, this isn't working for me right now and I need to do that the better off you're going to be. And for us, trying to protect our children by not communicating with them probably harmed them more than it helped them. So, I, I mean, to me, my biggest mistake was not being more communicative to my entire family from day one. That and was one of my major questions, actually, because, you know, with kids, I think you can overprotect, right, by not saying... Obviously, because I think all of us, when we when we start having problems, you don't know whether it's for a week, a year, two years, or whatever. So you don't want to shatter your children's lives. Like you know, if it's not if if you're going to get back together, I mean, I have a, a couple now who just got they actually went all the way. They got divorced. Now they're redating, and the children were furious because they're like, no, 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 he's got a girlfriend and he's done this, and you know they don't want him back. But, you know, so there is oversharing with children, obviously, but also they're not stupid because they live with you. I mean, when I when I was separated, I was living downstairs. He was living upstairs. Obviously, something had changed. 
Exactly. I mean, the kids sense something. And so saying nothing, they know that you're not being truthful. So maybe you don't have to give full detail of, you know, the play by play, but saying something is really very important. And I think, you know, for me, I grew up in in an unusual um, circumstance. My parents were divorced. They did date again after they divorced, trying to make it work for me and my sister, but it did not happen. And my mother remarried my stepfather they divorced each other and then remarried each other again. Oh, stop and they it. had certain things. Yeah. So to me, you know, marriage is how you define it yourself. And they had certain things they had to work out separately and they did, and they were able to, you know, make it work again. And they are still happily married now. What about but the pain of maybe what, what you've done in between? Cause I think that's what some people can't get over. Do you talk about it? Like, I mean, uh, my, my advice to girlfriends is if you're going to go in, cause, because also when you're separated, right? People still define you as married. So you have that terrible anxiety that you're actually having an affair when you're not, cause you're separated, but you haven't told the world either, by the way. So everywhere you go, and if you're seen with a guy, you're also, did you see, she's, she's out with this guy, she's behaving this way or this guy, he, oh my God, her husband was out with so-and-so. But you all, we all know, right? So we're good. But, and you, you get made to feel dirty all the time, like until you've gone to that very final step where it's so final that then you couldn't get it back even if you wanted to, right? Which I just, why are we being forced to get divorced if we're okay? And we just want to go and have a quick see what's out there, which is normal, by the way, when you've been married 25 years, very normal to go, well, is this it? Is he the right person? Or is there someone better for me? And then if there isn't, okay, we go back. But there's so much judgment and stigma that goes around that. You know, how did you cope with that? Like I always said to to my ex, oh, if you ever want to just at least get on the fucking plane, you know, like, I mean, not in the same town, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, how do you, how did you define that? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, you know, I was never really, well, I shouldn't say never, but I was, you know, traveling incessantly. And so, you know, being able to go and do things on my own was never an issue. Yeah. But it's interesting because, you know, you started by asking how Seth and I deal with that. And Seth wants to talk about all of that much more than I do. I'm, you know, like I said, I am not as good of a communicator. And I like, you know, I am very good at internalizing, holding things in. And that is something I've worked really hard on these last couple of years to get better at not internalizing, not letting things fester. Yeah. Don't you feel that that's killing you because you're keeping things to help him. So in a way you're, you're keeping the lies for you so that you, not the lies, but the, the truth, right? The things that you've done that may, you may not want to share to hurt the person, but you're holding them in. So they're actually killing you inside more than... But then if you let them out, does it really help? <laughs> it's like probably not. How I much mean, information is too much? Thing, you know, it's a balance. You have to think about what communication you guys need to feel that you're honest with each other, to feel that you're telling each other the things that you need to get off your chest or need to relate to the, you know, to your partner to for them to understand what hurts you, what makes you feel good, things like that. And beyond that, like, you don't need to get into every single little detail. You know, I think it's fine. Like, I don't know. Everybody's different though. And and it's the same thing. Like you're saying, like different people can define their marriages in different ways. We were with a couple just a few nights ago that is in an open marriage and they're very happy. And, you know, I don't, I, for me, that 
probably would not work. I can't, you know, foresee that working for myself and I don't think it would work for Seth, but it does for a lot of people and that's okay. That's how you define your marriage and that's up to you. It's up to each person to make their relationships and their lives work under their own, you know, definition of it. Thousand percent. You know, you can't put labels on things. It's like, you know, obviously I, you know, marrying somebody who's a lot younger than me too. And I don't know where that will go. Obviously things will change at some point and that's okay. You know, I'm prepared for that. I think we're much more as women, we're much more adaptable and we're much more open. I'm not ashamed by any of it. I like the conversation. I enjoy the conversation because I feel you're real. I feel a lot of people hide their imperfections or the things in their marriage and present something to the world that is so far from the truth that you're like, what the fuck? It's, you know, what are you, unicorn? It doesn't work. It's, it's impossible. I don't believe a word of it. Well, a couple of things. First of all, if your relationship were the reverse with the older guy and the younger woman, no one would even think twice about it. Uh-huh. So why should we think twice about it the opposite way? And by the way, who cares? That's up to you guys. You know, it's, it's, it's not up to anybody else. So if you're happy, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And, you know, the thing is, it's like, we just have to learn to not, you know, stereotype, label these relationships, move forward in the way that makes us happy and not worry about what everyone else is thinking. And anyone who tells you they've been married for, you know, even 10 plus years, okay, 15, I'm on 25, whatever. But anyone who says it's just been perfect the whole time in a walk in the park is a liar. It's not. Relationships have ups and they have downs. And you have conflicts and you have hopefully resolutions. Otherwise, you end up, you know, divorced, which I guess that's a resolution in and of itself. But why not just tell the truth? Because everybody out there has their own problems. And to say my relationship is absolutely perfect and we've been married for 25 years is insanity because everybody knows that's not the case. Nothing is perfect. Relationships are imperfect. That's part of life. So let's take a little break from the show and discuss Havenly. Havenly is the number one online shopping sort of interior design service, which we all know is one of my favorite things in the world. We can help you make your dream home a reality with a one-on-one designer, which is tailored to your exact style, space, and budget. As you know, I'm in the middle of a move and I could not live without this. Here's how it works. First, you share your inspiration and the needs for the space. They'll match you with an interior designer who really just gets your style and your design. Think of them as part friend, part coach, part design therapist. I always say that your house is an extension of your wardrobe, girls. Your designer starts from scratch on every project and works with you one-on-one to learn what your vibe is, weave in items you love and make your space sing. You'll even be able to visualize what your new space looks like thanks to rich, true-to-life 3D renderings of your home and your new design, which again, if you have no um, sort of eye, well, not no eye, but like, you know, you find it hard to visualize things. It's so much easier and life-changing to see renderings. Once your design is finalized, you can shop your designer-curated product list 
featuring brands that you know and love like Crate and Barrel, Anthropology, and many, many more. You choose the furniture and Havenly handles the ordering, shipping, and delivery and logistics. Their concierge team manages your orders from hundreds of brands in all one place. And voila, your dream home Pinterest board is now your reality. Visit Havenly.com and use code DND at checkout to design your first room for only $99. You can't get better than that, girls. Happy shopping. What holds you there after going back and forth like a yo-yo? What is it? Is it, you know, that you keep going back for? Is it the friendship? Do you like, do you like the makeup, the kiss and the makeup? And I'm asking you not because actually of your relationship. I'm actually asking because it's interesting because I think what people want to know is when do you know when it's when to give up? And you clearly have never given up. Why? You know, I think part of that process, honestly, I mean, I don't think anyone should get a divorce without going through extensive counseling to make sure that that's the right choice because it is a big deal. You know, it's a huge change. I'm fascinated by counseling for two minutes because I had probably, if I'm honest, fallen a little bit of a, out of love and all of this with my husband at the time, right? Obviously, or I wouldn't be here. And I said to myself, I'm not going to go because there's no point admitting all these things to him or saying all these things of how I felt and hurting him. Do you see what I mean? And I'm not talking about affairs. I'm talking about, you know, feelings, right? More than anything, because affairs people can get over. It's telling people that you fell out of love is much harder than that, you know, and all of these things. I'm saying, you know, I, I didn't think a therapist is going to say, well, you know, you click your fingers and you, if you do this, you're going to work through it. You know, sometimes it's down to even smell or touch or all of these things, or you're just, you know, you've, you've grown apart. Like, what, what does a therapist tell you that's going to change all of that in your mind? Well, I don't know that it changes anything in your, that the therapist changes anything in your mind, but what they do do, at least what, you know, someone who's really good does is they facilitate the communication between you. So like Seth and I were at a point where it was just, it was just mean. Like he would say something nasty to me and I'd fire right back and it would just keep snowballing and get until, it, you know, got to this huge fight. And we had to like kind of reprogram ourselves to learn how to communicate things in terms of feelings rather than just pointing fingers and accusing. Once Seth starts saying to me, well, you know, when you do this, I feel that instead of just you did da, 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 da. It, it's very different because I'm like, well, I would never want you to feel that way. And I'm sorry that I, you know, that you feel that way. And what can I do? What can I change to make it better? And so, yes, if you are fully out of love and whatever else, a therapist is not going to help that. But a lot of times when we're in these relationships, we don't even really understand where our own brains are at because it's so complex. And it, especially with these long marriages of 20 plus years, you go through so much and you kind of are confused yourself. What about sex? Well, sex is, is crucial to a relationship, I think. I mean, you can't, I think intimacy creates, you know, a, a closeness, a certain bond. And when you don't feel close to someone, the sex breaks down right along with it. And when you do, you know, you're having sex all the time and, and it, they go hand in hand, at least for most people they do. There are people I think that can totally detach and, and, and people who can detach like that are also the kinds of people who are very easily able to have an open marriage, things like that, which is all fine if that's what works for you. You know, it's a matter of figuring out what makes you happy. And there are people I think out there 
who, you know, sees sex and is, is not really an emotional thing, a physical thing. And, and that makes things work differently in their relationships. For me, it's, it's very emotional and very important when you're connected and when you're disconnected, it's the last thing you want. Yeah. So how do you, if you're disconnected, how do you make that reconnection is what I'm saying? Because like, literally I'd rather have like set fire to myself when I'm disconnected. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) If he suggested for a minute of a millisecond that we were about to have sex, I'd have to go set fire to him too. (laughs) It really honestly just comes by virtue of the relationship moving forward. You know, the, and I do think that, and this is very much a stereotype, so it's not across the board, but I do think that generally speaking, men and women are are a little bit differently wired with sex. Like for a woman, you want that emotional intimacy before you have that physical intimacy. And for a man, I feel that generally, again, these are major generalizations that don't apply everywhere. I think that men tend to find that that physical intimacy opens up their emotional capacity in a lot of ways. And they sometimes are more open, you know, right after having sex to hearing more emotional things. And whereas a woman, I think generally like has to emotionally be there to go there to begin with, you know, again, major generalizations, but I think there's a lot of truth to that. Okay. Here's something as well. Cause like being in a marriage for 25 years, the girl that you once were is not the girl you are today, right? And I know that my own sexual journey, like of where I wanted to go is very different to the person I was back then. I mean, half the stuff I do now, I'd have been arrested for back then. But like, you know, but that's the stuff you want when you're older. How do you get, you see, I'm having so much fun, but I have a different boyfriend to ask, right? I mean, and to do these things with, I don't think I could have asked my husband to do all this stuff to me. Like, how do you communicate that? Like the change in you, you must have changed through and have these sort of different desires now. How do you, how do you re-communicate all that without him thinking you're completely nuts? You know, it's interesting because Seth and I always say we're on our second marriage. We did not renew our vows or have a second wedding or anything like that. But we emotionally really did have a new connection when, when we reconciled this last time that we did. How long were you away for each other? Oh, we were uh, separated on and off many times over the course of years. No, but the one, but the one big one. The one where we're really physically separated. Not actually that long. It was maybe not even two months. I mean, it was really not, maybe it was two months. I don't know. It was not a terribly long time. It was, you know. Brutal question. You can, you can, I can cut it out if you don't like it. Do you think it could have been down to like to the reconnection? I wonder if like, cause I'm always interested as well by going out there and having a go with somebody else, both of you, do you think it made you like more passionate back together? I don't know. That's a really hard question. Honestly, I think for, for us, our passion together came from our emotional reconnection. Yeah. But knowing that you had really separated, you'd really gone off. You don't, I wonder if it relit the fire and I'm genuinely interested. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know the answer to that. Seth and I had, we were so emotionally separated and even physically. I mean, I was traveling, 
extensively. He was traveling extensively. We were not together very often. We were, our communications were transactional to deal with our house, to deal with our children, to deal with those kinds of things. And so I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know. Some people say, you know, it's the end of a marriage when people do these kind of things. And other people say it's the rebirth. And I'm, I actually think personally that it could help. And that's pro- maybe a catalyst of having it help because I don't know under the same roof with nothing changing, how do you reinvigorize yourselves in a way, you know, like how do you know what's different? How do you know what's out there? Maybe you go out there and you go, okay, I could do this at home. Maybe, you know, because we, we got married so young, all of us that there's no one to teach you this stuff. In a way, you just have to like get out there again, which you can't do when you're married. You can't just get out there again, right? So I wonder if and if these kind of things actually help a marriage. You know, I think it, it, it can. I think everybody's a little bit different. I mean, for Seth and I, our final separation where we were living in separate homes, that was the really the impetus to our reconciliation and really working for our problems. We had made a choice during that time that we were not seeing other people. We would be, you know, exclusive to each other, but because we we didn't want to be influenced in, you know, by outside forces. And so I think that that can be an issue. People can influence you and sort of make you move apart even more. And so we had decided we're going to physically separate, we're going to be in different homes. We both have things we need to work through on our own. We need to feel what it's like really being apart, not communicating. You know, obviously if something was urgent, we were communicating, but we were not really talking. And to see where do we stand? Do I miss having him in my life? You know, so I I can't speak to, because we've been through such a roller coaster going into that moment I don't know if without that whole roller coaster, we would have had the same outcome, but I do know that we needed that time apart alone, exclusive to one another to really work on our ourselves internally, to see where we stood with one another, to figure out if we could make this work. Let's take a little break from the show and discuss One Skin. OneSkin is a longevity company led by a team of five PhDs developing solutions to prevent and slow down and reverse aging. OneSkin's topical supplement is a daily moisturizer powered by their propriety peptide OS1, the first peptide scientifically proven to reduce the biological age of skin. I don't know about you, but looking good and a simple skincare routine are what I want. I don't have time. I've got three kids, 69 jobs. I literally do not have time to do a long skincare routine. I want something quick and very easy to use. And I'm sure you do too. We all want to turn back the clock. Literally, OS1 is scientifically proven to reduce skin's biological age. So your skin doesn't just look younger, it actually behaves like younger skin. Simplify your skincare routine. You can ditch your 10-step skincare routine without compromising on results since OS1 is designed to be your all-in-one solution to skincare health. I mean, I've started using it. And as I said, I'm super busy at the moment. One step is all I want. And I use it in the mornings. And overall, it has literally been amazing. My skin looks healthier. It's definitely more hydrated. And we all need hydration, ladies. The 
the tone has overall improved, the appearance looks more fresh and it feels smoother. So I recommend giving it a try. It really does take care of all your skincare in one simple step. Visit oneskin.co forward slash DND and use code DND for 15% off your first purchase. The code applies to one-time purchases and the first order of subscription purchases. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O slash D-N-D and use code D-N-D for 15% of your first purchase. Happy shopping. So then you come back and there's no, there's no blame game. Nobody says you did this, you did that. You just say, okay, it's forgiveness all around. Forget what, what's happened. Oh, ideally, sure, but we're all human. I'm so. <laughs> How long did he pay for? In a good relationship, that is the goal, is no you know, finger pointing. Everyone's moving forward. Everyone accepts accountability and responsibility for the mistakes they've made, for the positive things they've done, so on and so forth. And you move on and you don't dwell on the past reality is we're all human and we all have certain triggers and certain things that bring things up. I mean, there are times that, you know, we could be in an argument and Seth or I could bring something up from 15 years ago. And is that healthy? Absolutely not. But, you know, is it a healthy thing to talk about those things when you're not fighting? Yeah. Because obviously if it's something you're bringing up when you're in an argument, it's something that still you need resolution on. So, you know, things at some point, it's a give and take. Some things do need to be discussed further. And, you know, if you can do it without pointing fingers, that works. If you're pointing fingers, that's never going to be positive. But other things, I think you just kind of have to move on and let it go. I mean, that's life is letting it go. So how did you know not to let this go? How did you know that this is worth saving for fuck's sake? You've been in and out of each other's lives your whole life. Yeah. When we had the time that we were living apart and, you know, I could not imagine not having Seth in my life. I couldn't imagine not being with him. That, And I knew at the core who he is and I know at the core who I am. And we certainly both made mistakes along the way. We both done things to each other that were not nice. And I knew that we would be able to figure out how to have forgiveness, how to move forward, how to treat each other with kindness. We weren't even nice to each other. I mean, we were like, not, you know, it was, it was terrible. And, but I, I knew when we were apart that I missed him. And that, that's what I'm saying is the key is having that time separate, totally separate where you are not seeing other people, where you are focusing on yourself, where you're not communicating with your partner other than, you know, little things that have to happen, but you know, whatever. So you can kind of see where your own head is at. How do you feel being there, being alone? You know, cause it's very easy if you're dating other people during that time, it is very easy to deflect the whole thing by just focusing on somebody else. And, and I do think that everyone needs that individual time. If I'm honest, that's what I did. I went straight out. I probably didn't give myself time my own time. But I really think we were just different humans in the end. And that happens and that's possible. And the the reality of it is, it's like you said earlier, you know, when you meet so young, you're in one place, we all grow and evolve. And 
change and develop. And if it's not going down the same path and you're not valuing the same things in your life and you don't have common goals, then it's time to move on, you know, and, you know, everybody changes, but after 25 years to expect to just miraculously be in the same path, you know, on the same plane without putting a lot of work into it is just, it's not going to happen. At the end of everything, he's my best friend, you know, and just like you have issues to work through in friendships, it's the same thing in a romantic relationship. Tell me a long-term friendship you've had where it's not ups and downs, where you don't disagree, where you don't have times where you need a break from that friend. Yeah. Because lots you're of just not on the same path. More and, and more and more people. In a marriage, when you're living in the same house, it's a lot more complicated because you can't really get that space at those times. And but we need it. And that's okay. Like if Seth said to me tomorrow, I am feeling like I need a little bit of space. I'm going here for the next, you know, few weeks or whatever. You stay there, leave me alone. I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, okay, figure out what you need. I don't think I'd even feel like threatened by a looming divorce from him saying that because we've been through so much. And I think that the key for a healthy, happy relationship is understanding that your partner may have certain needs at certain times that don't always coincide with what you need. And so if he needs space for a period of time and I don't, I have to be respectful of that as best I can. Well, I think that's a very, very big one as well. I think you're just showing there it, you have, it's confidence, confidence in yourself, confidence in your marriage. And I think ladies, that's a, it's a big, big part of what Meredith is saying, instead of dissolving into a bucket of mess, because maybe you're not on the same page of your husband. I'm sure probably Meredith, your husband's asked to separate at times when you didn't want to, and you've asked to separate at times that he didn't want to. And instead of dissolving into a ball of anxiety and mess and whatever, the kind of woman I think you are, you've just accepted and say, okay, think about it, do your thing. And I think women need to understand that too, that sometimes, you know, begging and crying and which, which is a natural thing for a lot of us to do, it doesn't garner the right outcome. You know, sometimes we just need space and pressure doesn't help that. No, it does the opposite. If I need space and Seth is not giving it to me, then I start to push him away further. You know, if I'm saying, it's interesting because here's what can happen. What, who, what, Seth or I, whoever, he says, I need space and I'm not respecting that. And I start calling him incessantly because I, I feel rejection and I want to try to say, it's okay. It's going to be okay. I want to feel that he wants to be with me. And I keep calling him and calling him. He's going to be like, wait a minute, I'm saying I need space and you're smothering me and he's going to push me away even further. The key is letting people have room, establishing certain parameters of what's okay, what's not okay. You know, you don't want to have space and then like be on totally different planes of what, you know, your expectations are. But if somebody needs some room, it has to be respected or it's just going to snowball into a bigger mess. And that did happen with us on a lot of occasions at a lot of different times, like you're saying, when, you know, he wanted to separate and I didn't or vice versa, or even I wanted to go to counseling and he didn't or the reverse, things like that. You know, you go through different ups and downs at different times and it's being aware that that's okay. 
Well, I love this story. I'm, you know, and I, I hope that it's given many of you out there some insight because it's fascinating to me and, you know, when to know marriage is over, when not to, to give up, when to fight for it. And, you know, I think Meredith, your story is, it, it, it's one that shows you, I mean, you can't hold on to, it. and I always say this, you cannot hold on to someone by holding on to someone. And I think what's amazing about your story is you've always let him go and, you know, and vice versa. He's let you go. You've grown into the people you both want to be. And here you are back together again in a much better space, knowing exactly who you are, having worked through a lot of it. So thank you, Meredith, for being so amazing to share something like this, because, you know, I, I do think more women should talk about these things. They really should, because it is so helpful to other women so that you don't feel like you're crazy because, you know, it's everywhere and happening to everyone. And, 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 you know, these perfect, beautiful picket fence marriages just don't exist anymore, you know, because too much is available to us. So, you know, if we all talk about it, then it would make us feel a little less crazy. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 